Hello and welcome to another episode of the 2.1 cast. I'm your host Neil Murray and this week I am joined by none other than James Kearney. How are you doing? A uh, little bit hungover, not going to from lie. From the result or from your... I mean, I should explain, we were due to record this podcast yesterday, James and I, uh, Stefan part-time being Kowski isn't hearing it I shouldn't I probably shouldn't say that I wasn't here last week it's so fine though like with empty chaired him you know you've got you can't respond so it's fine that's it yeah I mean right response what um, <laughs> yeah so we were I mean we were meant to record this yesterday and I got a phone call from James not long after uh, full-time whistle went in the Astana Stadium pretty much saying he was too pissed to, uh, <laughs> to record so uh, we're sat here with beers uh, getting you back in the wagon back hopefully, on it hopefully we'll make make some sense I think we will I think we will we've got a lot of Upset and angry opinions to to impart. Yeah, and it's probably better that I'm doing I'm doing this sober because last night I I don't think I would have been able to stop swearing. Yeah, know. fair. I mean, I, I don't think we can really promise that in, in this podcast a day later. Mm. To be honest with you, but yeah. So it's just the two of us. Stefan's not here this week, unfortunately. He'll be back uh, next week. There will be a week when there's the three of us. It uh, will happen eventually. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm thinking. I think Stefan and I are in a stag do, but I think we'll be able to do it earlier next week anyway uh, yeah, that's that's a surprise waiting to happen for the listeners next week but yeah we're going to focus in Scotland we just, just just to throw this out as well it's hilarious that you're flying on Brexit Day well no longer Brexit Day well is it I mean, we well, just don't know well, here, no no so the now is an extension to it. we're going to get into the what are we doing no okay right no football right uh, basically it won't be on Brexit Day no 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 but I know it's quite good because I was I was quite concerned. I'm not going to lie. Particularly before the deal yesterday, I was like, "It is going to be a no deal, and we're going to be in Hamburg forever." Uh, which, which would be well, fine. yeah, it's worst places uh, to be. Yeah, particularly uh, maybe there we enough to watch this dross, this being <laughs> Kazakhstan, Scotland. So the plan was to to record. I think we were actually originally going to talk about Rangers, uh, and then and then this happened. Um, so I think it was kind of hard to ignore. And it, obviously, every podcast to do with Scottish football, we're talking about this, but it's. I th- we'll get to it later just in terms of how bad does this result rank in Scottish national team history but it's, it's something you can really ignore there's not really any other story in town to talk about so it might not be as stat heavy uh, as usual which I can hear probably some people saying hooray uh, other people well what, what the hell but uh, it, it's one of those things we just have to talk about it I guess let's jump right into it I, I, the, the first thing is where did it all go wrong James last night I mean yeah it was a, a team where there was lots of players missing um, but this is a team ranked what, 117 places below us where did it go wrong 117th in the world sorry yeah. 77 I can't even remember yeah. sorry you, sorry about that yes uh, but the, the point stands way below us but yeah, um, yeah where did they go wrong I'm guessing this isn't a singular answer. No, I think it's a lot harder to figure out where they went right, to be honest. I mean, from the get-go, I mean, we looked okay initially. You know, we were getting... Are you going to say we started well? Because I will actually... Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, Burke was getting a wee bit of joy on the left-hand side. I don't think that the uh, opposition right-back was up to much, to be honest. And there was a few times Burke got in and, you know, it's just it's classic Burke. First touch lets him down. But, I mean, in terms of the midfield, like, we were sorely lacking I felt um, so we started off with McGregor and McGinn and Armstrong and I'd actually said in the podcast last week I thought that was maybe a bit too lightweight for the middle of the park I thought we needed like a, a proper holding defensive midfielder probably McTominay in there um, so yeah I think I think we really missed that because it meant that you know, we had three fairly attacking minded central midfielders and okay, McGinn's not bad defensively but mm. He's primarily an attacking player. Well, yeah, it was just a ball winner, wasn't it? Yeah. It, I mean, don't get me wrong, these, all three of those players are, are great. This is meant to be the position. We're spoilt for choice. 
uh, there's probably the most competitions of places, the most quality, and all three of those players are quality players. But like you say, we're just missing a kind of like a playmaker or a kind of linchpin at the bottom of the midfield. And you think McTominay's been fantastic for Man United. I mean, that PSG performance, for example, was he was in exactly the same position in a team that had lots of injuries and. Uh, lots of lots of people missing. It seemed like it was kind of set up perfectly for someone like him. Alternatively, Shinny, the much maligned Graham Shinny, why not play him in his preferred position um, and change the shape slightly? And make, if we don't have a left back, don't play with a formation. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously Shinny was found out at left back, particularly for the second goal, um, which is a shame because actually I thought he'd be a fine option at fullback, but I, I guess it shows that by you know by not playing there regularly. You know, he he was rusty, you know, and yeah. but I think just to give back to the sort of defensive midfielder thing, I mean that first goal was entirely preventable if you've got a defensive midfielder there. I mean, one of the things that keeps happening in the Scotland team under Alex Alex McLeish is that midfielders get within, you know, thirty, thirty five yards of goal and there's no one near them, the opposition midfielders. I mean, like no one's there closing them down. You know, like Kyle scored that goal for Israel yep. because of that. There's a couple of times last night when that happened when you know, guys had to be, you know, they had 10 yards, you could draw Bain, 10 yards. Bain made that brilliant save, I can't remember, it's from Kazakhstan's number five, that's yeah, really rude of me, of course, not knowing all these people who played us off the park, but yeah, he, I think, yeah, actually, even when you think back, not even to Israel or games before, even the Kazakhstan game, like you say, James, so many times, they're just sitting off, um, and so much time to kind of take shots, but also just play, I just feel like last night, we with the midfield just were totally anonymous. Yeah, I mean, obviously McKenna made an arse of it as well. There's no getting away from that. Like he shouldn't, he should be clearing that ball. Like he was way out of position, and it shouldn't have been happening. But you know, there should be someone in front of him to close down that ball. Because like, I think that's what happened. Like McKenna starts to step out to get that to get the passer out. Yeah. And then obviously he just neglects his man. You know, and then they just get in behind. So yeah, that was really disappointing, and it's something that seems to keep on happening. And it's just like it's this international level football, mm-hmm. like. You can't give someone that amount of time and space yeah. on the ball, like because everyone at this level is good enough, like to like, score or set up as we saw, mm. like and yeah, it was just so disappointing. I mean, yeah, like I thought the entire midfield were dreadful. They were anonymous going forward. James Forrest was basically marked out the game. I think um, Palmer actually, I thought he was okay on the right. I didn't think he was bad. Yeah, like, I think he really, wasn't good, but he wasn't bad. Yeah, I think it's really easy for people to kind of round on him. And then don't get me wrong, I think he had a poor game. And then the arguments may be there to say, would Stephen O'Donnell have been any any worse? But at the same time, I don't think by any stretch he was the worst in that back four. Arguably, like you say, might have been the best. Yeah, um, like he, like he, he wasn't the reason we lost that game. No, 100% know. not. Um, McKenna, he, he struggled. He was found out about, I think. Mm. Um, and it, 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 you wonder why Suter wasn't starting. I mean, I'm, I'm actually a fan of David Bates. Mm-hmm. Um, I am. I think he's going to develop, keep developing into a good player and probably an important player for Scotland he's doing well at Hamburg and uh, the second Bundesliga but um, I think I would have had Suter in there actually for, for, for take out McKenna or Bates for me and I had Suter in there I just think mm. um, particularly if it's such a it's, it's such a difficult one because it's such an inexperienced back three when you include the goalkeeper if you have, I mean like that kind of mm. triangle at the back I mean Bain's a good keeper and he's playing at a big club but he's not experienced at that level um, and again I suppose it's who else plays but that that's the issue. But it's just there's such such an experience, and we are on this podcast kind of wax literal about how we need to give younger players a chance mm-hmm. or new players a chance. And there may be people listening saying, "Well, we've tried it; and it's not working." But I would say one we're missing a lot of really good players, yep. um, a, a lot of good players, which we'll get into a wee bit more later. But 
there's got to be a mixture there of still at least a few kind of experienced heads and um, there just wasn't that, particularly in defence, that's, that's a very, when you actually look at that paper, that's just a defence you'd never thought that would be your five, kind of your back five, the keeper, ever, mm-hmm. ever. Bain, fair enough, I think Bain will be kind of a fixture in the squad, but you look at the rest of them and I don't know, just at this point, I never thought that would be the back four, particularly, I don't know, I, I just thought it was very, very bizarre and I think it maybe was that kind of thing where McLeish was maybe a bit naive and thought, we can play this formation um, and just attack and not have that holding midfield player because we were not going to be pinned back that much. And it looked like the players were just kind of in a bit. Of, they were kind of shell shocked after those two goals and never really get going again. And because of that, we can we the kind of attacking element didn't really work because we just never get going. So I don't know. It's, the, the defense was you could have kind of seen. I think against a better team that would we never would have played that shape. But at the same time, I just think that with so many players missing we did not have a good enough squad to go in and have that shape in the, the first half in particular and that, and we will get to McLeish later we, we definitely will and we'll talk about him in depth but he's got to take quite a big brunt of that it's fair enough to say that we we're missing players and, and whatever but there's other managers out there would have coped with that so much better um, definitely I mean I think we could have been a lot more we could have played it a lot safer that, that game like, like you say we could have easily went for a back five like it worked well in the Nations League, the back five, mm-hmm. I thought. Um, and, you know, Kazakhstan, yeah, okay, they're they're not very good, but it doesn't mean that it's an easy win. Like, Poland went went there and got a draw. Romania went there and got a draw. Like, it's, it's not an easy place to go to. And, you know, it's... If you're not... If you've not got 100% faith in your team because of, like, you know, call-offs or this and that or whatever, you've got to play it safe. And you just... We didn't do that at all. We didn't have any sort of... Like, I mean, we were looking at the stats actually, and it was surprising because Scotland had more of the ball than Kazakhstan, which I, I was really surprised at because it just did not seem like that, did it? I, I, I did not, I did not remember Scotland like <laughs> no. keeping the ball at all. Like it just sort of looked as if we'd sort of try and get up the wing, it would peter out, and all of a sudden they're hitting us in the counter again. Mm. And you know, the mid, as I said, the midfield just absent. Then all of a sudden, you know, they are outnumbered at the back, and you know, it's absolutely. I mean, it's a totally deserved win for Kazakhstan. Like three 0 does not flatter them in the slightest. Well, that's it. I mean, just to, just before we got into that, I, I think the other the other stat that stood out to me and, and it, was the was the number of fouls. So we only had five fouls in a game that we lost three 0 So we, it was obviously a game. Well, maybe it wasn't a game we were chasing if we had so much possession, but it certainly wasn't a game that we were on top of or had control of. Um, and to only you think that I think that is maybe now don't get me wrong, like having fifty fouls wouldn't necessarily mean we'd would be losing three now, but at least maybe say that we're being slightly more aggressive or yeah, shows are angry about it exact, at least. At the very least, or you could, if you want to be more optimistic about it, um and be part of the White Scout Mafia, you could probably say that it's people trying to like close down the ball, they're 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 pressing better. Mm. Um and for me I think that is an important thing. For five five fouls when you're away from home and you're down three now Adders for me is there's absolutely no fight, no battle, and it's actually probably quite a representative start of that midfield. Yeah. Toothless going forward, but it comes back to the point we, we were saying we, didn't, we needed a McTominay or, or a Shinny or anybody like that to, to be in there. Um, they were desperately, desperately missing it. I mean, um, Dylan McGeek, I know he's not playing mm. as much as we probably would like him at Sunderland, but it's just screaming out for the Dylan McGeek of Hibs time. Do you know what I mean? It's some, something like that. Um, if, why is there not a time machine? Why is Alex McLeish not using the time machine? Um, <laughs> All fair and legitimate questions yeah, that Alex McLeish I, I, must answer. I, I am fuming. Um, <laughs> I mean, the other thing was, we've kind of touched then on defence and the lack of a defensive holding midfielder and just how poor the midfield were. 
maybe it was down to obviously completely no service but again I don't think McBurney and, and Burke looked up too much either you talked about obviously Burke had the beating of his man but it's that frustrating thing where like I was saying to you before we started recording there was those players when I played 11s or, or even 7s when I was younger um, I'm obviously long retired now that I'm pushing pushing 30 um, but it's that thing where they, they had so much speed and they were good at dribbling and then there was just every time you knew it they were either going to be too greedy and nothing was happening or when they did try to do it they, they just never had that final final product and it was so frustrating because the, the turn of speed Burke has got I've noticed it's so well. fast absolutely incredible it's like it's honestly like he's put, it's like need for speed he's got NOS in his boots there's a reference for you uh, not his kids uh, but it's just very very frustrating I mean probably like the, the level of frustration when it comes to Burke diminishes compared to everything else on the night but yeah. still very annoying I mean Burnie, now, I don't want to be too critical of McBurney, but at the same time, he's done absolutely nothing in the Scotland shirt, and it's frustrating because he's had a decent scoring record for Swansea this season. Yeah, no, um, he is doing well, but I mean, yeah, I'm not convinced by no, him at all. Like. At all, and, and that's the thing as well. I think if Fletcher had been available, he probably would have started for us. Um, yeah, I mean, if he, he was ruled out again because of the pitch. Yeah, you know, which. Well, well, let's talk about that now. I don't know what you think about this. Like, and I know there's lots of money in terms of clubs will have the clout because they're the ones that have to do with players getting injured. But it's not like we're saying Scotland are about to play a round-robin tournament for the next two weeks and we're doing them all in artificial pitches. It's one game. I'm just not buying it. I'm just not having it. Um, I think it's just clubs trying to protect their players. I um, But I think it, it's, it's probably also come from a financial point, point of view in that if, say, Ryan Fraser, for instance, you know, he's like... Uh, He's probably the most valuable uh, member of the Scotland squad in terms of like, you know how much he could move for. Yeah. See if he goes there and breaks his leg and is out for a year or two years. Like you know that's boring if they've just lost out on like a you know twenty million thirty million no, pound player. So it's like you know there's maybe even just like the insurance angle of it. Is it you know the case of Scotland can't afford to pay, can't afford to take the risk of the insurance because like if. Ryan Fraser was to break his leg, then you know the would have to be it or whatever it is. It's like it's just a sad reality that, though, isn't it? Though I mean, because how many times these these are the games we are going to trip up on, and it's just been proven to, to to probably more of an extent than ever, and we need our best players there. Um, I think the McLeish's big problem was that he let it slide at the start, and now he set up, by doing that he set a precedent, mm-hmm. and now anyone could. I mean, I think I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that since Alex McLeish took over, there have been 25 call-offs. Yeah, like, that doesn't surprise me actually because see when I think about it that even I should say when you think about that South American tour it was yep. like a bit part squad um, at least those were friendlies I mean yeah, I, totally. I, don't, I, don't, I don't condone it but like okay fine I can understand mm-hmm. it but it's happened to other Nations League games I'm sure as well and I'm a bit yeah. like I don't remember it being that bad under Strachan or or, um, or previous managers and mm. it's a bit like I completely understand the kind of insurance point of view but then also if you're the SFA, like, well, then what we do? What we what we doing then? I mean, and also if you're a player, and I'm not saying the players didn't want to play, but, and I obviously do not know the intrinsic is of this, but like, I just think if you really want to play for your country, you would do it. I mean, you look at Andrew Robertson, who's willing to pay his own bloody flight to Kazakhstan after he's had fucking dental surgery, yeah. um, and he plays for Liverpool. So you're trying to tell me he doesn't have some sort of I don't know, clause in his contract or isn't worth a lot of money because his, his, he's worth more than Ryan Fraser and he's worth more than... No, yeah, that's probably one. true. Yeah, and, yeah. And that, that's the thing that frustrates me and I'm just, as I say, if it was a run of games where it was like San Marino's in a plastic pitch, like if it was like four back-to-back fixtures, I compl- well, I don't completely understand but I definitely understand to a, to a larger extent. It's one game, the, the country really, really needs them when yeah. there's already call-offs or injuries and I just think it's really poor and whether it would have made a... I think it would have made a difference 
whether the performance would have been significantly better remains to be seen but mm. it, it's it's very frustrating for fans and, and obviously uh, McLeish as well which he can't be blamed for that but then also maybe we don't know much of a fight he's put up um, should, should he be taking his heels in more maybe he has we, this is, at this point it's all conjecture but uh, we'll move on I think the, the next thing is where does this rank this loss in terms of um, I don't know Scotland fucking up <laughs> well, obviously we have a long and illustrious history yes. of fucking up you know, I was so. going to say glorious failure but we're kind of getting away from the yeah. Nothing glorious about last nah, night. I mean, Nothing. that's what I mean. It wasn't even fun. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. I think I'm, I'm, I'm like, break, give me Italy and Alan Hutton being fouled and still conceding the free kick in the 89th minute. Yeah. Any day. Do you know what I mean? Those were the days. I know, right? But no, I, I, I thought this is up there. Like, I think it's absolutely Honking. dreadful. I mean, with the other bad results, you know, you think of um, you know Lithuania away, Macedonia away, Georgia. Georgia. You know, these were all games. I think they're all like there's just like one goal in them. They're kind of difficult to go to, and you can see, like, okay, you can understand if you go away there, have a bad game, they get lucky, and then they sit in and they can sort of see it grind out. You can, that's understandable, and like, I can live with that. Mm-hmm. But three now, and like, Kazakhstan were worth every single goal. They were, they were so much better than that's, we were. That's like, the they, issue, isn't it? Yeah, they, it's not that they won, it's that they played us off the park. Yeah. It was really hard to watch because, see, minus that Armstrong chance that was saved by yeah. their keeper. I honestly can't remember like a really clear goal-scoring chance. There was one just before that or just after that. Okay. It was, the ball fell to Forrest. Uh-huh. Um, it was sort of on the on the. It came down of, uh, from the air, and he just sort of side-footed it from fairly close in. And it's just like put your laces through the keeper, it, man. The save it, yeah, I mean it was, it was really tame. It was so right that, So that'll be the second you, it, shot target we had. Yes, yeah, of the two. Yeah, yeah we okay. only had two. Glad so, you pulled that off for me because <laughs> I, I couldn't remember. Um, I mean, when you look at Kazakhstan, seeing their last uh, 14 competitive games, they've won one. You know, uh, and that was to, against at home to Andorra, who they beat 4 now. So we're a goal better off than Andorra, so that's something to cling on to. Oh man, can but, we stop recording? I mean, when you look at the teams that Kazakhstan have beaten in the last 10 years in competitive games, it's like Turkmenistan, Oman, you know, like. Oman is how I felt last night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, it's like. We're not exactly a big deal in terms of no, the f- football world, but like the, the landscape. But even then, on that list, we stick out like a sore thumb because it's really, really depressing. Yeah, I think like, I think the the, ma- the main point, as you say, is like even the Faroe Islands. <laughs> we spoke about this before. Yeah. Where's that recording? We at least got a point. Yeah, we, we didn't lose. Yeah, we got a point. <laughs> same, same, I was thinking Liechtenstein. Do you know what I mean? Like at Hamden, it was like Stephen McManus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in the radio and I was like, I really like smashed the window in the car. And I was like, but at least we like kind of showed something, and we we won. No, <laughs> did we win or did we draw? Like to say, oh, was that a draw? I think. It- oh, it might have been a draw. Now you mention it. Um, I, I thought I thought we won, but I mean, regardless, like yeah, like these are games where obviously we've been second best, and yeah, they're embarrassing because we should be doing better, and yeah, like you know. No, we did win. You're right. Sorry, it was two one, right? Um, you know, but as I say, yeah, so we won. We got points. Like we won that. We didn't get played off the park. Like I can't remember the last time. Kazakhstan look class, man. Like, I mean, it's like, remember when we played Belgium in that friendly? Was that friendly? They won like 4 yeah, 0 or something yeah. like that. Like, that's what this was like. It was yeah. just. I you know, we were outclassed. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Belgium, like, yeah, they, they, were, you know, they finished third at the World Cup. Fine with that. I don't mind if Belgium pump us, because, like, they'll they pump be. most teams. They should be, yeah. But when it's Kazakhstan, I mean, Jesus. And, like, yeah, I, I absolutely blame the cliche for it, I think. I honestly think that this is that result alone is grounds for getting rid of him. 
I really do. Yeah, so I mean, this is the thing. I think I, for, well, now we obviously have our own wee echo chambers on Twitter because it's kind of like a well-known fact. You probably surround yourself with people who have similar views. The vast majority, when I've seen, well, that that's the vast majority of people I've seen in my echo chamber, um, want them out. Um, and here's the thing: we we I think actually commit a lot of other. Uh, media or podcasts I think we've been quite fair with McLeish in the past on, on this mm-hmm. show in terms of he's, he's got us in the Nations League which to be fair still wasn't great there was still moments then mm-hmm. which but we got over it and we got we, yeah he did it Yeah, yep he did it so we credit was credit's due we did it he, he, he didn't just stick to the old players he's brought in new people fair enough um, but there's always been the kind of un- lurking underneath it's like once we kind of kind of sh- like properly start I don't know if this is right still um, and I feel like I, I, I'm not one of these people to say quick somebody needs to be sacked kind of like knee-jerk reaction but I, I do feel if he went tomorrow I think it'd be justified I, I don't think there's much of an argument because it's, it's more like it's not just this result so this result is absolutely shocking and so much of it falls to Alex, Alex McLeish there's outside factors like you say uh, in terms of missing personnel or whatever but that is not an excuse we should still with that group of players should still be going and winning that whether it's a kind of scrappy 1-0 or 2-1 or we just find a new group of players that are really up for it. I mean, these are people who are trying to get their first caps who should be absolutely like hungry for it. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that when they weren't, but also it's up to the coaching team to make sure they're in a system where they thrive and they are hungry for it. And it just wasn't right. And with McLeish, I just think there's such a case for him to go because I just don't think going forward, I, I don't see what wh- wh- what he's going to improve here. I don't think he's got the kind of tactical ability anymore I think he is totally past it and this is just I'm, at the moment I'm just talking about purely from a footballing perspective take away the fact that he looks so glake in interviews and I feel that we don't really know it, it, something doesn't seem right like something doesn't seem right and the perfect example of that where he's interviewed yesterday I mean him Peter Grant James Forrest all seem to started well and I just feel like whether it's just that kind of thing where it's just like a kind of knee-jerk reaction you say in an interview saying oh we started well mm. people would usually just say that but Surely then, if it's a knee-jerk reaction, it's something you just say, you say, we started badly. Like, we were 2-0 down. If they have been in the first two minutes, I still don't consider having two minutes and having a clean sheet as a good start. I'm sorry. Um, they were. It, it's very concerning, and that's how you get fans on your back. I mean, Strachan was the expert at it, giving kind of crap answers or saying we were genetically inferior. But this is just as frustrating, because there didn't seem to be any passion at all. It didn't seem like he took that much of the blame. I mean, Cal McGregor at least came out and said, listen, this is the player's fault, we take full responsibility kind of thing. Whereas, I just think, if I, if I was the manager, can you, I mean, for example, right, I know I know, sound like your dad here, but if that was Alex Ferguson, they'd be like, boots getting flung around the room, like, be coming out, he'd be probably telling the BBC to like, piss off, I'm not doing interviews with you anymore, like, whether that's right or not, it remains to be seen. <laughs> but like, there'd be some like actual fire there, like, because it's their reputation, and it's them that looks look bad. Yeah. Like, I mean, he, the bottom line Alex McLeish is the laughing stock here yeah we as a country are but I mean we can kind of take that in a footballing sense we have been for a while so yeah. it's fine but like this is a new low and the, the buck stops with him and obviously we record before San Marino and it's probably one of the few teams in the world I don't think I can jinx it by saying we won't win but if we can't beat San Marino then well I think he will be sacked but I, I, it's just like I hope people don't forget if we even go and spank them like 5-0 people can't forget oh, because they, they won't they won't I, I mean because, so, because there were so many people when we were still trying to be like right he's done this which is positive we're a bit like so, and at the same time we were a bit like oh it's an uninspired appointment but people were very much very against it mm-hmm. from, the, from the very start and 
didn't need much encouragement to say, well, I told you so. And now, to be fair to them, some of it might have been club allegiances, but other people might have just been, no, he's, he's purely not good enough. And um, he isn't. And to finish this rant and to let you speak, the... the the news, there was a national newspaper tweet yesterday saying the bookies odds for him to be sacked had kind of dropped or whatever and then the favourite to replace him was Gordon Strachan and I was like, ah, right, okay. Wow, that's where we are. Brilliant. So like, do, do, what, what do you think? I mean, do, I guess, I mean, you're the one that kind of coined the term last night. I don't know if it was because you were steaming or not. Um, Definitely because of that. Big exit. <laughs> um, so should there be a big exit? Oh, I definitely think so, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think, see before yesterday's yeah, game kicked off, there wasn't too much legitimate criticism I don't think you could really throw at McLeish. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd won the Nations League group, which was all that you could all that could have been asked for him. He's been blooding new players. Again, that's all you could have asked for him. Yeah, okay, we've had some absolute stinking results in friendlies, etc. But, you know, they're friendlies, it doesn't matter. So like, in terms of competitive games, in terms of bringing through new players, like, yeah, he t- he's ticked those boxes and done everything he can. But... Yeah, huge butt. <laughs> a huge That's a mix a lot kind of butt. Yeah, bigger than John McGinn's butt. There we go. <laughs> well, you just raised the stick. <laughs> like, I just think that that game, like, it's, I, I don't think it's an overreaction to say at this point we are incredibly unlikely to qualify for Euro 2020 through the qualification yeah, group. But, but you're right. How many times we've been here we're like, we get to the end and we're like, all we need to do is beat Spain by four goals and we're fine. Yeah. And when you look back, it's because we've drawn with fucking Macedonia and like all these other teams. And it's that, that this is the result. Ooh. So even if we go on and have a decent result against Russia or Belgium, it won't matter because this is the result. I've, this got, is the I've result. got a question for you. Okay. Pop quiz. Okay, oh God. When was the last time Scotland picked up maximum points from the two bottom seeds in a qualifying group? I mean, I've no idea. Um... Are you talking about the year or the qualifying? What tournament? The, the tournament they're, tournament they're qualifying for. They're not qualifying for. <laughs> right, can, uh, can I have a clue? Was it before France 98 or after France 98? After. After, oh, okay. Um, Euro 2006. That was a World Cup year, but oh, also shit. wrong. <laughs> World no, Cup 2002. 2002. World oh, Cup okay. 2002. That was the last time we beat the both, the both bottom seeds cool. home and away. Just doesn't happen. It always and like you know, as I say, all these other ones like they're sort of understandable in isolation. Obviously, you know, when you look at the big picture, it's worrying that it, could keep, that it keeps on happening. But this game was something else. It really was. Yeah. Like I've never nah. been so disheartened watching a football match. And like I'm a party thistle supporter. Mm-hmm. Like I see a lot of shit football. Yeah, that took the biscuit though. Like, no, nah, what it was as you say, it was Jeff and I think it's maybe kind of stressing the point now. But it was that that point where you thought, right, there's gonna be a reaction. After the goals, okay. Mm-hmm. There's no reaction. We're definitely gonna reaction at half time, though. Like we're gonna come out. And I, I, I still should be the thoughts that like, we could definitely get this back to a draw at least. Maybe, maybe nick it. Maybe naive because of looking. We if we maybe had a full squad, we could have. But I still thought it's something. There'll be at least a ten minute period, five minute periods where we looked like we were absolutely bossing, having the back foot, get the crowd kind of like kind of a bit worried. It never happened. And it, it didn't even look like close to happening. And uh, well, I mean that's because like well did you hear about Big X inspiring words at halftime? Oh, is this uh, his reference to egg ball? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It, it is just like yeah. Do, see the rugby guys like do that. Do, yeah. do the rugby thing. See Blair Kinghorn uh, just kick it slightly lower than he does. Uh, not <laughs> as high Greg Laid Law. Cool. Um, and they're like what? Uh, and uh, and that's the thing. I, I was I know he kind of slightly changed shape, but you're a bit like I mean. 
was that all he had? Mm. Like, when you think about all these, like, like for example, again, talking about Alex Ferguson, that Man United, like, Champions League final, he's obviously went in, just absolutely had, like, one of the most stunning speeches ever. I'm like, did we have any, did, did he have anything in his back pocket, or was he just thinking, if this does, shit does hit the fan in the first half, at least I've got the rugby thing. <laughs> yeah, got that in my back pocket. Yeah, and, like, don't know, maybe he did slightly change the shape, I don't really think that much, but, um, Oh, it's totally ineffective. That's what I mean. And I'm just like, was there anything like? I wish we just didn't really weren't really told that. I think it just angers more people because um, I was like, what? I, I can believe there's by the way, like, can you ask the Scotland rugby team because it was incredible, right? Yeah, that was amazing. right, absolutely amazing. Like I was in Spain watching it. Was, it, it was brilliant, brilliant, uh, like incredible. But it's like you might as well just say, I oh, mind when Andy Murray won his second Wimbledon title four years ago. It's like as relevant because like. It's maybe something you didn't lead up to the game, you take inspiration from it. But in the middle of it, when you're two 0 down, and like in Kazakhstan, and it's just it's just not relevant whatsoever. So bad. I was fuming. It's like, I, I just yeah, and I think like I've got to say though, like my heart does go out to Kareem Shinny. I mean, did you read what he I was feel, saying? I feel really bad for like, Shinny. After for those that haven't seen it, like after the game, he was basically saying, "This is my one chance to play for Scotland. I've waited like years and years and years for this." You know, Tierney and Robertson both dropped out. I thought I was ready. I have absolutely fucked it and yeah. I'm never going to I doubt I'll play for Scotland again it's true Chris Boyd right after all, <laughs> after all worst of all yeah. <laughs> I, I just I, it's such a shame I really like Shinny and like, he's a great player for Aberdeen like, such a, he's, I mean honestly he's like kind of talismanic for Aberdeen mm. and it's, it's frustrating because I honestly do think and I know I keep going on about it but see if they change the information I think he could have been absolutely perfect in that whole midfield role he's yeah. more than good enough at that level yeah, against that, like that's a, what he's best at you know? yeah I was going to say more than good enough against the Kazakhstan but we can't say that anymore yeah. but no but but he that, that's the, it's the, the difference from like oh, I'm going to fill in when uh, like a Shea Logan or Andy Considine or Max Lowe is injured for Aberdeen against like a lowly premiership team it's completely different than doing it for one of your few caps for an international team yeah. when you're not that experienced and again that, that's naive on and you can it's naive on Alex McLeish's part and this is the thing you can say he can argue that well, who else would I play as that? But then you, you can change formation. And with Palmer, yeah, he wasn't that bad. But I still think, why was he playing? Why wasn't O'Donnell playing? Mm. I really do believe that. I don't think O'Donnell would have been any worse. It'd probably be slightly better. He's got more experience. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I find it hard because obviously, yeah, as you say, to an extent, McLeish's hand was forced. And, you know, Shinny wasn't there by design. He was there through circumstance. Mm-hmm. But and yeah, on paper, it does make sense. But as, you, as we said... It was obviously really, really rusty, and I think playing a four-two-three-one like that, and also a particularly attacking four-two-three-one, yeah. or at least in on paper, you know, that that was, yeah, it was naive, and it was almost arrogant to an extent to think That's that I was just going to rock up and it'll be fine. Like, no, no, like you, you need to take them seriously. This is international football. Because yeah. then you question, it's like how much, and at no point am I saying there wasn't research done on the team, but it's like how much research was done of Kazakhstan, and maybe. Tons was done, and they've just thought, "Ah, but we can, we're fine. We're, we're we're totally fine." Or did he have that kind of idea of his formation was completely against Kazakhstan, regardless of the personnel he had, mm. and just didn't change it? All, all of course, is wild conspiracy theories on the two point one cast. It's what we do best. That and stats. Um, can't wait for Stefan to come back for the conspiracy theory chat. I mean, all I've kind of got left, kind of talk about is like, I mean, what needs to change? I feel like. We could be here another half an hour in terms of like those faceless blazers at the SFA. <laughs> but I mean, realistically, at the moment, mid campaign, not much is going to change. So, realistically, I think the main thing that could change would be McLeish goes. Um, yep. Is it going to happen? I'd be more surprised if it happened. Uh, than if it didn't. Yeah, I don't think it will. I mean, I, like you say, like 
similar to you, I, I'm, I don't consider myself to be very reactionary when these sort of things happen generally. I mean, even when Alan Archibald left Party Thistle, I was still a bit like, oh, don't go. You know, yeah. like, that was like after a dreadful 18 months. But anyway, you know, so like, yeah, I'm, I'm, genuinely, I'm generally quite patient when it comes to managers. I think they should be given time. But I think there's a limit and I think there's a line and McLeish has certainly crossed that line. I think he's past the point of return now. Like, you know, what is it? I think I saw somebody say this and it was such a good point. It's like when my managers fail, they always have that kind of moment. And like, obviously, Levine remembers that 460 mm-hmm. and uh, all that. And, and this is his 4-6-0. I, ironically, both against the same manager. Yeah, of course. It was, is it Billick? Uh, Billick, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was the Czech Republic manager the yeah, night yeah. of the 460. Yeah, so um, let's get him. Yeah, like, yeah. Why the fuck not? Fuck it, why yeah, not? Like, He's turned Kazakhstan into, like, not world beaters, mediocrity beaters, yeah. but still. Yeah, I don't know if that's more like a. Yeah. So we're going to get to the Nations League and we're going to have all our hopes up and then we're going to be like, ah, Finland, though. And the Finland are going to be it's 5 0. Jonathan Johansson is going to come to retirement. Well, we've still got Serbia to worry about. If they don't automatically I'm, qualify, I've been kind of hoping secretly <clears> in my head that they've. I've just, I've just considered them going to qualify automatically. If they don't, we've had it though. Yeah, but not beating Serbia. Um, no. I mean, saying that, I mean, I don't know. If we're not beating Finland at the moment. Beating anybody at the moment. Um, like, I mean, you, I actually need to kind of say now. See if they do lose to Samarino on Sunday. I think we do have to do an emergency podcast. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I mean, don't drink. Okay. I, I hear if, if we get beat off San Marino, I will be getting very drunk. Brilliant. I'll come and find you. You're probably <laughs> in like some reputable pub in the south centre of Glasgow. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, we'll leave it there. I mean, I mean, I guess the only thing would be Nations League. Is that the best option? Do you think for us to get to even have a chance? I think it's there? the only option at this point. I know, I know it sounds that stupid because it's yeah. one game, but you know these are the, the, the games against Cyprus, Kazakhstan, and San Marino are so important. Not even San Marino to an extent because that game will get written off essentially. Yeah. So yeah, these games are really important and to have lost and lost convincingly. I mean, I I don't see Russia dropping the ball there at all. Russia looked alright against Belgium actually. Times, yeah, they um, did, and obviously they had a great World Cup. Yeah. Well, that's all for for this week's episode. So hopefully we'll be back to full strength. By full strength, I mean uh, us two and Stefan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and who knows let's hope that the next time we speak to you we, we do have three points on the board and maybe have negated the three goals we, we lost I wouldn't hold your breath uh, I wouldn't um, if, when it comes to Scotland actually I'm not holding my breath at all because then it'll be you doing the podcast and you're on next week because um, I will not be here uh, you can listen to us on Spotify uh, the 2.1 cast you can listen to us on iTunes also uh, on Audioboom if you do not own an Apple device uh, if there's anybody you think might want to listen to something a bit different uh, in terms of Scottish football podcasts or Scottish football programmes please give us a wee recommendation and of course if you already haven't head over to iTunes and leave us a review uh, and also also rate the podcast do you have anything to say before we leave? I do not I said before we leave I'm going nowhere it's my flat so uh, <laughs> grand well we'll see you next week for another episode of the 2.1 cast cheers <laughs>